He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. And every week, Andy Hall's bringing them to you on the Laser Airwaves. This week in Andy's Hall Pass. I'm proud to welcome former Black Crows drummer Steve Gorman. Chances are, if you know anything about the Black Crows, you know there was never a dull moment from their sudden explosion onto the scene with Shake Your Moneymaker in 1989 up to the band's final show early 2014. The only thing more unpredictable than the sum of its parts were the personalities, including a set of brothers who could not and would not get along for a variety of reasons. You think you know the Black Crows? Not until you check out Hard to Handle, The Life and Death of the Black Crows, a memoir by my guest in today's Hall Pass, Mr. Steve Gorman. Steve, I have to admit, I was almost depressed when I got to the final page of this book. <laughs> All right, well, I, I guess that's a good sign then. Thank you. I have so many questions, but before we talk about the book, you and your band Trigger Hippie are putting out a new album on Friday. Full Circle and Then Some follows a, pr- a very impressive self-titled debut from a few years back. Slightly different lineup this time around, though, right? Uh, yeah, it is. Trigger Hippie is um, a collective, if you will. It was always a loose concept that the bass player Nick and I had. It was spent years as the guys who, you know, if you could turn up and play, you were in the band for that night. It was always a loose, fun thing to do in Nashville. When we made the first record, that band was an extension of that. Um, and when we got on the road, it was pretty obvious right away, like, okay, this is really good and we're enjoying this, but it's still a collective. It's something everyone's doing sort of as a side gig. Nick and I really wanted to see it turn into a full-time band and we realized well if we're going to do that we're going to have to find people that agree with that concept and uh you know a few years down the road that's when we find ourselves so um this album is the first hopefully of of several that that are the same lineup you know we thought about the people we wanted to work with and make sure that we were all on the same page so we could actually take it a little more seriously yeah the word agreeable really jumped out at me when you used that word considering all you've been through in terms of the band dynamic it would probably be excusable to be jaded and difficult to work with talking about you here but all those experiences, all the success never ruined your character. Well, you know, there's certainly some moments where I probably, I can look back and say, you know, I wasn't at my best or strongest. But no, I think if anything, it just it, it just enforced the importance of having everybody on the same page. I mean, I have a million lessons learned, hard lessons learned about what happens when, when that isn't the case. So nothing's worth doing unless you're going to do it right. And, and I mean, that's the ultimate takeaway. Sure. When your career has largely been defined by a certain sound, Steve, is there a desire to steer clear of that completely when contemplating a new project? Well, no, because I, you know, anything I play on is going to, at the very least, feel like it's the Black Crows. You know, I mean, I was, I'm the drummer in the band, and the drummer has a lot to do with how things feel. So, you know, I, I do sessions in Nashville, and, and it's it's inevitable that somebody's going to go, man, it sounds like the Black Crows. <laughs> I mean, it's just what it does. You know, it's like, uh, that's not by design. It's just reality. So that said, it's, uh, it's, it would be, it would be nuts. I mean, I know there are people who, who come up with a new idea and all they want to do is not repeat themselves. Right. I'm not repeating myself, but there's always going to be a similar thread. I mean, Trigger Hippie is a rock and roll band, so it's going to pick from the same sources that the Black Crows did. There's always going to be, 
you know, we say it's it's country, soul, and rock and roll. You know, it's all those elements that make up rock and roll that the Black Rose were into. Trigger Hippies into the same thing. I love The Butcher's Daughter. That was the first one that stood out to me when I was tracking through the album. Just a really cool feel uh, to that one. Really cool vibe and the, the cadence in which it's sung, too. I, I kind of like that rhythmically. Yeah, thanks. That's, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely... Uh, funny that's the one when we put it together it felt like a bit of an anomaly you know like oh what is this yeah you know, it just it just found its own way and we dug it so we just went with it and when they allow you to do a drum intro on a song like you did on the door because they don't come around around that often i mean i'm thinking of like i mean when the levy breaks is a great example right like the drum intro on a, on a song you know there's there's a those things get thrown around i mean there's always an idea of like does it make sense to do this and that was that was as simple as we had the song written and it was time to track it. And I just driving in when I wasn't consciously thinking about it, I just heard it in my head. I said, Hey, I got this idea. What do you think? And it, that happens all the time and it either works or it doesn't. And so there's, I mean, what happens all the time is someone has an idea like that. Uh, that one did work and everybody immediately went, Oh, it's great. Let's just open with that. It did not a whole lot of thought put into it, you know? And if, and if I had gotten there and stubbed my toe, I would have forgotten that I had a great idea. I mean, that's just how things shake out sometimes. <laughs> sure. Full Circle and then some drops on Friday is absolutely worth a listen. Steve Gorman is my special guest. I absolutely loved Hard to Handle. And as a longtime fan of the Black Crows, thank you for writing this. Thank you very much. I, pre- I, do, I really do appreciate that. How long after leaving the band did it occur to you that writing this book and sharing these stories would be a worthwhile endeavor? Um, you know, we um, the, the last time the band played was February of 2014, and then it, it blew up later that month, you know, is when, is when Chris uh, killed the band uh, with, with some outrageous demands that he, his brother and I were not in the least bit interested in considering. And so, you know, I, I knew the band was over since then, I mean, I never thought, I, you know, it, it, it ended in such an egregious fashion that it didn't make sense to ever even consider going back. And so that was done to me. Um, in November of 2016, our piano player, Ed Harsh, died. And, you know, it's funny because I already had a sense that this was done and never coming back. But there was one last level of finality that I didn't realize that I that 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 could that I could feel, and then Ed died, and then I felt it. I was like, "Oh boy, I knew this was gone, but now I know it's gone." And and within a few months of his death, I found myself thinking about it more and more. Like one day, I literally just thought, "Like I think I'm actually going to write a book." You know, like it was. I just kept getting these impulses to write stuff down, and and I'd been told for years by other people it was a bit of a joke, but everybody would say, "Well, if anyone's going to write the book, it's going to have to be you." Mm. And my answer was always the same. Well, I'd write it, but nobody would believe it. And, <laughs> and so now now that I've done that, I guess we'll see if I was right or not. For sure. Over time, Chris especially has gained a reputation for being an enigma of sorts. It's, it's clear as day in the book that wasn't a byproduct of success. It's just the way Chris is, you know? Yeah, I mean, success certainly didn't help. I, I would imagine if he had never had a career in music, or, you know, anybody, I, I, I can't, I, I don't know how that would have played differently, but... You know, when you've got a simmering fire and you go pour gasoline on it, it's it's going to blow up. You know, that's just how that is. I don't know you personally, Steve, but you strike me as a very down-to-earth, grounded, and emotionally stable guy, which, by the way, and I hope you appreciate the humor here, is rare for a drummer. Sure. Um, <laughs> well, you know, in the context of the Black Crows, yeah, <laughs> granted. You know, my, my, my another thing I've said a million times, and I meant it, was if I'm the voice of reason, we got problems. <laughs> 
you know, in, in the context of, of a rock and roll band, it doesn't take a whole lot to be given adult status. You know what I mean? It's yes. Really, it's, it's not quite the same as, uh, as, as, as most people have to endure, the things you do to, to finally realize, oh, I've got, I've got my head together. But uh, that said... Yeah, it was, uh, you know, there, and, and, and there's a lot of people who it's an easy thing to throw away, like, oh, he was the voice of reason. There were there were many voices of reason. There was there were other band members and there was great management. We had we had good people around us all the time. And uh, the collective efforts of all those very talented and earnest folks were still not enough to keep the thing on the tracks. Mm. There are so many amazing stories in this book, and when you're digging into the recesses of your memory bank, I'm sure there's a process as to what makes the book and what you ultimately decide to hold back. Now, it doesn't appear you've quote-unquote held back at all in terms of the potential worry about offending anybody or potentially burning a bridge. That kind of brutal honesty is actually something we the readers appreciate and love, but was there ever any inner dialogue going on when you were deciding what gets published and what doesn't? Not in those terms. I mean, I certainly, I, I wrote a much longer book than the one that was published and the question of what to take out or leave in was really just in terms of as a, as a piece of as a, as a uh, I just, what's the story I want to tell and what's the most effective way of telling it without without overkill you know um, uh, no to answer your question no I mean it, I thought it was important that that story be told honestly it's a not to get too heavy but when you have a, a a band, or in very much the case of our band, an extended family, where you're dealing with addiction, the the culture of that environment becomes very toxic and it becomes very secretive. And so, you know, there's very little known about the Black Crows, actually, despite, the, you know, you give interviews for years, but everybody's kind of chirping a company line without mm-hmm. even realizing they're doing it. And, you know, you've got addiction and you've got codependency and you've got great success and you've got some big failure. All these elements just led to this uh, culture of, of, you know, of secrecy. And it's not healthy and it's, it's, it's inauthentic. And it just felt like it was time to kind of give a sense at least from my view, is what really went down. Regarding the positive and perhaps career highlights for you, I loved how members of Led Zeppelin saved you from quitting the band more than once. (laughs) Yeah, it was like, go go figure. I mean, that's that's the kind of thing that I can still look at and go, if you told me in 1989 that that would be a reality, my head would have fallen off, you know? Um, But um, the the two, yeah, yeah, Robert and Jimmy, in very different ways and at different times, were very, very impactful for the band and for me personally. When Jimmy Page likens anything you do to the late, great John Bonham, I'm not sure it can get any better than that. Uh, (laughs) No, it doesn't. I mean, it's, it's, and trust me, it's, it's, it's best left unthought about. It's a, it's an amazing, it's, it's wonderful to hear makes me feel great, and then move on. Because, you know, you don't want to get stuck sitting there for six hours thinking, what does this mean? It doesn't mean anything. It only, it, it don't, you know, if, if you think about it, it's going to stop being true is really what happens. There you so, go, yeah. you gotta, you got to keep moving forward and focus on what you're going to do next, not what someone thinks about what you already did. That said, you had mentioned that had he invited you to be the drummer in his band, you would have jumped at the chance and basically left the crows in a cloud of dust. <laughs> oh, at that time, yeah, without, without <laughs> question, I mean. You know, we were, it was, it was, when we first started playing with him, it was the most fun I'd ever had. 
So cool. One of the bombshells that made my jaw drop is the story of how and why a potential studio collaboration and extended tour with Jimmy never panned out. And I couldn't imagine what that was like hearing Jimmy himself relay the quote unquote real reason and it never came to pass. I'll leave you to tell the story if you want or they can read the book because it's it's worth it. Well, I think I think I would leave that to uh, to the reader, but I can say it was um yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, I, I think I even say in the book a couple different times, like when you think you can't be shocked anymore, <laughs> you could still be shocked. Like, um, there's still things that went down that, that defy any rational or logical explanation, and uh, that's certainly the, uh, the the biggest to me. Um, the most staggering thing, you know, um, and like you said, and and, and ultimately just just deprived not just the band and not just me but everybody of what probably could have ended up being a pretty awesome collaboration yeah no doubt rich has been involved in the magpie salute in recent times chris of course has his chris robinson brotherhood you've got on record as saying you're sort of expecting a black crows reunion at some point yeah, but both, both those bands are done and and i you know everything i'm hearing from sources in the industry are that they're going out next year and it's hardly a surprise yeah someone actually sent me a video the other day of chris and rich out together signing some autographs for yeah, fans yeah yeah they you know they've painted themselves into some pretty brutal corners and so they're going to do this and 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 then you know it's not going to involve anybody from the black crows it's just the two of them and if they think that's good then I don't begrudge anybody who goes out and makes a living playing music, especially in your 50s. I mean, if you can do it, that's great. But, but you know, there's a band and then there's a brand, and those are two very different things. Yeah, that's a good point. Before I let you go, and again, I really appreciate you taking the time for me today, Steve. It's, it's a fascinating story. It really is. Has anyone you included in the book either reached out in support or in anger since its release? Oh, yeah. No, I've heard from... from uh, I, I mean, literally dozens of people, um, former members of the band, members of the crew, from people that were in radio, promotion people from the label. Uh, I've been contacted by, I, I mean, I don't know the number, but I, I can promise you it's over 50 people, most of whom I haven't heard from in years and years. Wow. And they're all sending me messages. Either they have my number or they're hitting me on you know social media in a message thanking me and saying it's I've been given the word closure so many times. Uh, and it's really gratifying because I didn't really understand how much other people were in a lot of cases, still very much hurting from their, their experiences with the band and still bewildered and confused by why did this go this way? And I think the book has been very helpful. Well, I know it has because they're telling me it has, it's been very helpful to just settle a bunch of, of, you know, they're, they're finding, like I said, closure. They're, the pieces all sort of make sense now in a way, and it's not their secret to keep anymore. You know, like I said, it's a very secretive thing, and it extended well beyond just the band. There's a lot of people that were involved on a lot of different levels who who left and, and left the Black Crow's orbit and have wondered for years, what the hell was that? Hmm. You know? Author of Hard to Handle, The Life and Death of the Black Crows, a memoir, amazing read steve gorman I, I urge all my listeners to go pick up a copy because this is i mean you cannot put it down once you pick it up it's awesome well man i i really appreciate you saying that thank you thank you so much for your time steve hope to uh, talk to you again sometime you guys again i i look forward to it thank you